Welcome into the latest Daily Wager Extra podcast. I'm Doug Kazarian. We're going to break down the Week 15 slate. Also look back at Week 14, a monumental performance for the house. So well done, all you betters out there. It was good to fight back a little bit uh, after getting pummeled the last couple of weeks by the by the sports books and odds makers. But a big bounce back performance, favorites and overs across the board. So uh, Mr. Executive Director John Murray's going to be coming up a little bit, Las Vegas odds maker. Also, you might hear some noise in the background. I'm taping this downstairs, so you might hear the puppy, Arthur, make a little noise. He grunts. He's a Frenchie, so uh, bear with me there. And uh, I have some work getting done upstairs. Got a leak and some things like that. So uh, you may hear a drill here and there, but appreciate everyone's flexibility, and let's get to it. Kicking is for losers. Time now to bring in Mr. Executive Director John Murray, and we know kicking is for losers, and we learned this week that Urban Meyer uh, kicked a former kicker. So, uh, and then he just got kicked to the curb about a little bit ago or last night, I should say. So, uh, domino effect, the, 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 there's steam in the betting market after the Urban Meyer firing. Yeah, I, I think the, the idea is that the team is going to be motivated to play better now that he's not there. Uh, clearly, it was, he was a disaster as the coach there. I mean, I, I thought that quote from, what was it, two weeks ago? Where he was, he was uh, antagonizing his assistant coaches and questioning their resumes and calling them losers, asking them what they had ever accomplished. It's, well, shouldn't he have, he have checked those resumes before he hired them? Uh, I don't know what Urban Meyer was doing. He was in completely over his head in that job, and I, I, I think this is a blessing for Trevor Lawrence and for that whole organization to get rid of the guy. Yeah, he's uh, he's just a motivator, Murray. He's just a motivator. Uh, oh yeah, so- he did a great job. It's a different. It is a different way you treat professional athletes and college athletes, and we've seen that over the years. You can get away with certain things in college. You can't get away with in the NFL. So line move Jacksonville now up to five and five and a half at some places, albeit hosting Houston. But still interesting that a team like Jacksonville, which has just been so bad, is laying this many points. But like you alluded to, the stench of Urban Meyer gone. And I agree. I, that was the first thought I had. Is Trevor Lawrence can now have a hopefully a, a successful normal career without this nonsense, but that's assuming they hire the right coach. I mean, we could have a, talk about a Jacksonville firing in a couple of years as well. Absolutely, and 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 the, the best thing they can do right now is find the right coach for Trevor Lawrence. He's everything in that franchise runs through him, and they they need to get the right guy to work with him. And Urban Meyer was not that guy. So uh, the really good thing for Trevor Lawrence is. He didn't waste the first two to three years of his career with Meyer. They've made the right move. They've gotten rid of him, and they can move on. It, it takes a, it's not always easy to admit that you're wrong. So right. I will give the Jags some credit for doing that in the first season, not even letting him get through the first season. They recognized that they were wrong, and they worked to fix it instead of just moving forward blindly, which you've seen teams do that before. Where it was obvious, like, this guy cannot do the job, and, and, they, and they, they let him continue anyway. Jacksonville did not do that in this case. They, they are working to correct their mistake. Let's pivot now to last weekend where we had a kicking is for winners uh, as the, the public kicked the sports books for sure. Monster performance by the favorites last week. And it was good because the house was on a roll there, Murray. Oh, yeah. I was, I was thrilled to see us give some of the money back. Uh, yeah, it was uh, not our day on Sunday, obviously. Way too many favorites covering. Big favorites. Every, uh, we, I think we lost every game except for Baltimore-Cleveland. We, we, had, uh, we had a lot of money on Cleveland in, in, uh, in Nevada, and then at the last minute, we had a, a big player at our sports book at the Lodge Casino in Colorado. He came up, and he bet, uh, he bet on uh, Ball, uh, Cleveland minus three. So we were, really, we were really sweating the Ravens, and they 
never in doubt. That was also my pick in the Bonanza. It was an easy win on Baltimore plus three, despite Lamar Jackson going <laughs> sure out. Uh, very good. And uh, we won that game. I think we lost every other game. I th- I think the, the now some of the other some of the decisions were not that were not that uh, consequential smaller decisions, but uh, I don't think we won a single game other than Baltimore on Sunday. We did do well in the Monday night game, and we had a great day Saturday. Army Navy was our highest handle college football game of the year, and we did very well in UFC 269. So the uh, the overall weekend was fine, but Sunday was, was certainly a loser for us. Um, we could have pulled some of the money back on the Buffalo game. Buffalo, Tampa Bay. I thought. Uh, I mean, I, I joke a lot about officiating in the NFL, but I I don't ever really say that I think the officials cost a team a win or a loss. It's more of just a commentary on the overall incompetence. But I thought Buffalo really got shortchanged in that game. I, I don't know. They should have had a first and goal instead of kicking the field goal that sent the game to overtime. And then there was that really questionable pass interference call with Mike Evans in overtime. So uh, I think uh, Tampa Bay very lucky to get away with that one. Yeah, that was certainly the overarching uh, kind of sentiment in terms of the, was it Stephon mm-hmm. Diggs, I believe, was the one that uh, could have thrown the flag when he was running a route near the uh, pylon. But favorites go 11-2 and against the spread. Best week this season for favorites, and those two non-covers were a three-point spread and a two-and-a-half. So anything over three, and I bet you guys were psyched when, the, when Washington scored that touchdown, but the missed extra point cost yeah. the late money on the six-and-a-half. Well, we should, yes, you're right about that, but the, the vast majority of the money was going to win anyway. The sharp guys were playing Dallas at like minus four, minus four and a half. The public bettors were mostly doing teasers and money line parlays with the Cowboys. It would have made a small difference, but the, the real money on Dallas was in at lower numbers anyway. Uh, the, the game that could have saved us was at night, Chicago. They, if they could have at least oh, covered the game, they could have saved us quite a bit, but... Uh, Aaron Rodgers is, is just playing at such a, an extraordinarily high level right now. It, it's really fun to watch him play. He's just in complete command of everything. And he was, he was incredible in that game with some just amazing throws. And he, I, I think it, it's, it's remarkable. As he, I think he's 38 years old now, and I, I've never seen him playing as well as he is right now. No, he's exceptional. And we saw what they looked like without him that one game when they went to Kansas City yeah. and Jordan Love, not quite the same as Aaron Rodgers, so maybe that's uh, used in the MVP voting at the end of the season. But Brady, He's my MVP, man. I, Aaron Rodgers is my MVP. I think the way he's in full control of everything for the Green Bay Packers, they would fall apart without him in there, no offense to Jordan Love. To me, Aaron Rodgers is the MVP of the league, but in the betting markets, uh, Brady right now is the favorite. We do have a big liability on Brady, and I think the sentiment will be to give it to Brady. He's, he's playing great. I'm not taking anything away from him, but I think, uh, I think Aaron Rodgers is the real MVP of this league. All right, let's switch gears to this weekend and uh, get things going with tonight. Kansas City Charger against the Chargers. Kansas City's been on a remarkable run, right? And you touched on it last week. It's their defense leading the way. Six straight wins, four straight covers. They have not allowed more than 17 points. Aside from the Raiders, Patrick Mahomes hasn't really been lighting up defenses. It's the D. But I will say this. Who have they played? They've played the Raiders twice, Broncos, Cowboys without Cooper, and I believe uh, CeeDee Lamb, and then the Packers without Rodgers, and then the Giants. So I think we'll learn for sure tonight at the Chargers just kind of how much the Chiefs are back. Well, this is a great game tonight. You know, we like to joke about the Thursday night games, but this is arguably the best game of the weekend. Uh, Kansas City, a three-point favorite, totals 52, taking a lot of money on the over, which is a little surprising 
Because you're absolutely right. Kansas City, all of a sudden now, they're a defensive team. They're winning with their defense. Uh, I don't think we ever would have said that a few, uh, even two months ago, that the, we'd, be, we'd be watching the Chiefs play, win, by, with, win with defense, win a game where Patrick Mahomes only throws one touchdown pass. I think they won that Sunday night game against Denver without Mahomes even throwing a touchdown pass. Uh, they've yes, kind of completely reinvented. Yeah, they, they've reinvented their whole team uh, sort of on the fly. A really good test tonight against Kansas City. We're watching the uh, the injury report, the COVID uh, protocol stuff. Chris Jones, uh, the star defensive lineman for the Chiefs, obviously the the key guy there. So, but I, I think it's gonna be a great game. We'll need the Chargers, but there's been a lot of money on the Chargers as well. This isn't. It's not a one way onslaught of Kansas City money. There is some support for the Chargers too. Where's the sharp money? Uh, it's it's really I really wouldn't call any of this stuff that we've seen sharp to be honest with you. Um, it's 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 just public public players both ways and public money on the over. I, I don't know that any of the plays I've seen on this game are from our sharper accounts anywhere. Interesting. So let's go to Saturday because this is fascinating because the Raiders are now favorites at Cleveland. The Browns were as high as six and a half earlier in the week. Then the COVID news surface and it's it's beyond what we saw in the playoff game for the Browns against the Steelers mm-hmm. Stefanski Mayfield and then a lot of guys and it could even get pretty high so you know what kind of action have you seen what made you guys get to this number well this is about the craziest game we've booked all year to be honest with you I mean we were opened at like six six and a half we're moving it down all week it seems like every player on Cleveland has COVID or is in COVID protocol now their coaches is out, and we had a really sharp player at the Superbook in New Jersey laid Cleveland minus three. I want to say that was on Tuesday, and then and then it turned out that Mayfield has COVID and Stefanski has COVID. We reopened Raiders minus one and a half, took some money on Cleveland plus one and a half, and right now we're at Raiders minus one. But I, I can't really recall trying to book an NFL game like this one before, where sharp players are making bets early in the week and more and more COVID news is coming out. As the week goes on, the numbers moving against those players. I, I don't know. I don't know how and it's you, an uh, island game too. It's not just buried on yeah, the Sunday and, early. Slate. And it's a great point. And it's and it's the Raiders, the local team. I know the public in Nevada has sort of abandoned them as they've been struggling lately. But there is still there is still more interest in them than other than another six and seven, six and eight type team. Um, I, it's 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 been a challenging game to book. There's no question about that. And uh, I, I I thought we were kind of done with all this postponements and cancellations and all of a sudden it's just ramped up big time here in the last uh, few days really and uh, and we we've been dealing with it no, it's we've, truly, we've it's actually truly got been remarkable i mean uh and it's all sports too good... we we led our show yesterday daily wager discussing whether like things have changed to the point where we can't have to wait till game time for you know because of the market has been moving so much now it's just hopefully you think it irons out but it certainly is remarkable on that front let's just go, keep going in chronological order because new england has been on an absolute tear uh the bye week mm-hmm. after we saw them win in that windy game in buffalo a real fun game that we discussed on last week's pod but this is a team that has covered seven straight games one and covered seven straight but now they're in indy and indy's fighting for the playoffs we know that indy's capable remember they went into orchard park and smoked the bills at the ralph and they're laying two here, and the Patriots have beat up on mediocre to average teams and then had the nice win in weird conditions with Buffalo and also beat the Chargers. So I'm not dismissing the Patriots completely, but I don't think they're this dominant one seed like we've seen in years past with Belichick and company. But it'll be really interesting. Carson Wentz has to deliver, but I wonder what Belichick has in store for him. Two-point favorites for Indy, two and a half some places. 
Well, this is a great game. Uh, this is another, uh, like the Thursday night game, the Saturday night game is awesome. We opened at Pick'em. Very sharp players immediately were playing Indianapolis at Pick. We went to one. They laid one. We went to two. So there's definitely some sharp money on the Colts in this game. And uh, there, there has been some buyback on New England. The public, as you can imagine, is on New England because of everything you just said about the role they've been on. But uh, good, good two-way action. But the sharper players are on the Colts, at least at Superbook. Uh, I think this is uh, this is probably the best game of the week. This one of the thir- well, the Thursday game is too. So the Sunday slate is is not good, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, like the worst Sunday slate I think I've ever seen. But we've got a great game tonight and a really good game Saturday night, and uh, both these games are going to go a long way to deciding the AFC playoff picture. Uh, so it should be very very good stuff. Good handle with these island games with good matchups. Yeah, I still like the Colts in the futures market. I think they're built for the playoffs. We've heard the guys like Collinsworth and even Lewis Riddick say that. Um, I want to talk about just a, sort of a macro approach. Mm-hmm. Given what favorites did last week and the previous week, and actually the last, I think, five years, favorite like uh, teams with winning records against teams with losing records this month in December and January, regular season games, with like a line of seven or higher, have been really well. Like basically teams that have something to play for and the other teams maybe checked out. Uh, it's been a really good cover rate. Do you do you tweak the spreads at all like because of sort of incentives and that narrative of one team's got something to play for? It's, it was definitely a part of the conversation on Sunday afternoon when we gathered to do the to reopen the numbers for Week 15. Uh, we were we were absolutely talking about that. We were all every favorite is covering. There's no danger in opening on the high side. If you write a couple of bets on the dogs on Sunday night, who cares? I mean, the, the limits are a little lower when you first open the games because there's no, there's no real market for them at that time. And it just doesn't hurt you that much if you write a bet on a team like, let's say, the New York Giants or the, or the, uh, the New York Jets, not to pick on New York too much, the Lions, if you write, or the Saints is the best example. You know, you write a few bets on these dogs, you're going to need those sides big time the following Sunday. So, yes, we absolutely had that discussion, and we did open them a little higher than maybe we normally would have just because the favorites are, are coming in at a crazy rate. Yeah, that's a good point because you can manage your bankroll because you know what kind of money's coming throughout the week and really by the weekend. So um, that does make sense. So let's talk about some of these big spreads. Buffalo up to 11 at some places hosting Carolina. This Panthers team is really weak. I mean, Cam Cam is done, obviously. Um, not much to like behind for this Panthers side. Yeah, we're main thing there. You're monitoring Josh Allen. Uh, he was incredible right. in that comeback against uh, Tampa Bay. I mean, he was awesome in that game. Almost stole that game. I still think he would have with a little assist there from the officials. But he did. He was in a walking boot after the game. So we've been monitoring that pretty closely. Sounds like he is a go. He's going to play this week. And we saw some players lay nine and a half. Uh, I think it was on Monday, Monday of this week, and we, we're now at Buffalo 10.5. So a little bit of sharp money on Buffalo in this game. I don't know how anybody can make a bet on Monday in the NFL right now. I mean, how could, how could you bet on uh, – you don't know who's going to be in COVID protocol by Sunday, but uh, these players were laying 9.5 Monday. We're at 10.5 on the Bills. So we got some other big spreads. You have the uh, Eagles laying 7.5 mostly. There's some nines. I guess some teaser protection there, but mm-hmm. – Eagles laying seven and a half to Washington. You have Arizona laying twelve and a half. That's consensus at Detroit. San Francisco laying nine and a half at home to Atlanta. There's some tax out there in the market. 
Yeah, I don't know if Washington's going to have any players left for the game on Sunday morning in Philadelphia. They've got uh, they've got as much COVID issues as any team in the league right now. We opened the game, I think four and a half. Or I, it was uh, maybe four, four and a half, five, and we moved it quickly to six and a half. Went to seven yesterday. This morning we had a player lay seven. We're all the way up to eight and a half. It seems like every hour more news comes out of more Washington players that are not going to be able to go in that game. Arizona laying thirteen at Detroit. They've got issues of their own. Forty uh, ers good win. A good win on Sunday. They almost blew that game against Cincinnati. But they're a team right now that's, that looks to be very uh, safely positioned to make it to the playoffs. Uh, they're laying nine against Atlanta. Atlanta is still technically in the playoff race. So that number, it is surprising to me how high that number is. But it's been bet that way. It's been bet from seven and a half up to nine. And then I skipped one. Dallas laying ten and a half at the Giants. Uh, Joe Judge needs to go. I, I just feel like it's a it's a beaten team, a defeated team. But Dallas oh, over ten here. Yeah, the Cowboys are really there. We have them at eleven and a half right now. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how Joe Judge is still coaching the Cowboys. Only uh, sharp bet to report there. We had a guy we respect go under forty five, moved us to forty four and a half. Nothing to report on the total. You are on the side, excuse me. Uh, you can imagine what we'll need in that game. We'll need the New York Giants pretty big. Let's go to some higher-profile games on Sunday. We'll start in Baltimore. The big crab cake, as Chris Berman likes to say. Ravens hosting the Packers, keeping an eye on Lamar Jackson. All signs point to his playing, but nothing's guaranteed. Pack lane, five and a half. They've been on absolute tear as well. If I'm not mistaken, they have the best record ATS this year. Just uh, two non-covers, so two losses ATS. They're a covering machine, and they're, they're always one of the most popular teams for the betting public because of Aaron Rodgers, because of that explosive offense. We had reopened this game on Sunday evening at like seven and a half, eight, thinking Lamar Jackson would not play. Sounds like he is tracking to play now. We're obviously monitoring that pretty closely. Uh, we'll, we'll need Baltimore huge. Look at the time slot, 125 in Las Vegas. The rest of the afternoon slate, it's not terrible, but it's not, it's not really good either. So uh, it, that'll be probably our biggest decision of the day Sunday will be us needing the Baltimore Ravens. I think Rams and Seattle will be interesting in the afternoon slate. Four and a half mm-hmm. and after. I think, you guys, I think the opening number was seven on this game with the Rams it at was, home. It, it was seven. And then, of course, that was before the, the, the Tyler Higby, Jalen Ramsey news the next day. The Ram, those guys were ruled out of the Monday night game against uh, Arizona. And then following that, more players have been put on the COVID list for the Rams. So this line move is directly because of all this COVID, the COVID protocol stuff where you've got, like Higby couldn't play on Monday night, even though he had, right. he, he tested negative twice and he was vaccinated and he was asymptomatic and they still held him out of the game. Stuff like that makes it hard for us to book games. I mean, I, I you know, I'm always looking for sympathy from everybody out there. Uh, it's, it's, it's. It's tough. It's tough when you have these players being held out of these games, and and that, that's why you're seeing these num- this number dro- uh, drop down because the Rams actually looked really good on Monday. They looked like a team that could yeah. make a deep playoff run. So the the only reason this line is moving the other way is because of the COVID COVID uh, news, I should say. And, and Seattle, the last two weeks has been very different. Russell Wilson looks like he's fully recovered from that oh. thinking injury. Strong performance against the Niners two weeks ago, and then obviously just took care of business mm-hmm. against Houston particularly in the fourth quarter, they pulled away second half. But still, I mean, they covered, they covered over a touchdown on the road. Uh, shout out to the Bonanza, which was coming up in a little bit. Uh, I skipped over <laughs> Miami laying nine and a half to the Jets in terms of these big numbers that are all over the place. Um, and 
we mentioned the Jacksonville-Houston game already. I guess more of a coin flip game here. Tennessee, one-point favorite-ish at Pittsburgh. Um, I mean, the Steelers are the Steelers. We, we last saw them on Thursday night. They were kind of empty, running on empty against the Vikings after the big battle with, with the Ravens the previous weekend. So I think Steelers are look fresher tonight, or excuse me, this weekend. Um, I'm not sold on the Titans without Derek Henry. I'd probably lean Pittsburgh there. I do have some sharp uh, play to report, actually. Over 41.5 in the Steelers game. Very sharp group played that. We're at 43 right now. And that, that's interesting because the Steelers, uh, they're, let's call them a defensive-minded team. But uh, there's certainly been uh, some sharp money there. And then a really sharp group played Miami minus 8.5. Miami's quietly been on a roll of their own, getting back into the AFC playoff picture themselves. Yes. Very sharp money on that play. Moved us to 9.5. Dolphins uh, still... Uh, Still possibly a, po- a postseason team this year in a very, very crowded AFC. Uh, we'll see. They, they, we'll see. But they, they might be able to get themselves back into the playoff picture. But, of course, they've got to take care of business on Sunday against the Jets. And uh, we have another, you know, relatively competitive game. Denver laying 2.5 minus 20 at home to Cincy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of the better games of the week. And another game where we had some sharp money to report. Uh, player laid 1.5 with Denver. We went to 2.5-20. Denver minus two and a half, minus one twenty. Bengals were were dead last week, down I think it was twenty to six, I want to say, and and Joe Burrow was phenomenal in the fourth quarter. I mean, you can really see how good that guy's going to be. The throws he made in the fourth quarter to get them back into that game and get them into overtime, really uh, extraordinary performance there. So I'd like to see the Bengals make the playoffs. I think it'd be fun to see Burrow get into the postseason, but. Uh, Denver's not going to go away. Denver's got a solid team, they're, and they're fighting for a playoff berth of their own. So very, very critical game there. Since he minus 220 to miss the playoffs, they have four games remaining, and they're going to be underdogs, mm-hmm. according to our FPI, in all four of them. Now, a couple of them are small numbers like Denver, but still uh, uh, not favored in any of their four remaining games as of now. You mentioned the comeback. I had second half under pretty big, and that made the game total 47. And so it went field goal, field goal, and overtime. Just to get to overtime was ridiculous. They don't go for two, right? Field goal, field goal, and then touchdown to land 49. So that, my friends, is a bad beat. I I haven't had a bad beat beat like that in a while. I thought it was Bengals kicked a field goal and the Niners scored a touchdown. Was it field goal, field goal? Yes, you're right. My apologies. Um, Still put it over. Still still a horrible beat. Yeah, so nine nine in overtime. overtime. Right, yeah. And six would have been fine. Six would have been fine. Oh, man. Uh, I saved oh Sunday and Monday for on purpose because I love the Saints. I do not get this number. Uh, I realized they had lost five straight before going to the Jets, and I realized they have Taysom Hill, but they have Alvin Kamara, and he's been a big factor. I mean, him and Henry, in terms of usage for running backs, they're right there at the top, right? Go, uh, when when mm-hmm. Henry went down, we were, we were reporting all those stats that Henry led the NFL, but Kamara was right there, and they're just a different team. And this defense has plagued uh, – has, has posed problems for Tom Brady, right? All three meetings last year, Brady didn't exactly light, light it up. They've lost all three regular season meetings. That included Trevor Simeon, the quarterback, earlier in at, at the Superdome. So I feel like this number should be like eight and a half, not ten and a half, eleven. Well, you, you can't go quite that low because you know where the money's going to come. All the money's going to come in on Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay is probably probably playing to the highest power rating in the league right now. Either Tampa Bay or it might be Kansas City. Now that all of a sudden Kansas City has a defense, and there's still a lot of questions about. New Orleans, quarterback-wise, uh, they yeah. don't really have a QB at this time. But New Orleans is getting healthier. You mentioned Alvin Kamara. That's a huge, huge addition to have him back in the lineup. They had a good win on Sunday against the Jets. That game did not go well for us. But, yeah, we, we opened this one, uh, I want to say, 11.5. So 
saw a little bit of money trickle in on the Saints. Not a ton to report yet on this game, to tell you the truth. But we'll obviously need we'll, we'll obviously need New Orleans in a big way. The it'll all depend on how the games go early in the day. We needed Chicago huge on Sunday night because all the other favorites had right. covered, and they were all running into Green Bay. If all the favorites are covering this week, it's all going to run into Tampa Bay, and we'll be big Saints fans on Sunday night for sure. We are treated to Kirk Cousins and the Bears with Matt Nagy in prime time for the second straight week. Each of them <laughs> were in prime time last yeah. week, so we get them again. And we know Kirk Cousins' prime time record. It's really his Monday night football uh, record that's really bad. But Vikes are road favorites here. I'd have to, I'd have to lean there. Um, I, I can't take the Bears, especially after blowing that situation on Sunday. A lot of Chicago games on primetime this year, no? I mean, is, yeah, am I imagining that? I feel like I've watched a lot of Chicago Bears games. they got a great fan base. I'll give them that. Uh, I don't know what else we can say positive about the Chicago Bears. Uh, we'll, we'll be rooting for the Bears on, on Monday night. I don't, I don't think it's going to set up to be a monster handle game. Uh, but the last two Monday night games were just great, great matchups. This one, not so much. But uh, the public is going to want to lay four points on the road with Minnesota in this game. Uh, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be Bears fans. Again, you know, we were big Bears fans on, uh, on Sunday night last week, and they, they kept us entertained. Yeah. The punt return for a touchdown, some long TD throws by Fields, but they just, they just couldn't stop Aaron Rodgers. Who can? Nagy kicks a field goal late from 18 to 15, not going for it on fourth <laughs> down. Big yeah, swing, potentially uh, backdoor, could have had a backdoor potentially. Uh, so. I think I was already. Uh, I think I'd already dived into succession at that time. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't think I was still hanging around. Uh, but I, I did. I did see that. Very funny stuff. All right, let's hit the bonanza. It's time for baby bankroll bonanza. All right, little bounce back performance for your guy here. Two thousand on the Seahawks covering the big number. I was actually I had a really strong day. I wish I had more picks um, because mm-hmm. the Saints team total got there at the Jets uh, thanks to a Taysom Hill late run. I believe it was the final minute uh, when they were trying to round the clock, maybe a minute and a half. But anyways, you you got to neutralize. The Prince of Props did not get there. Uh, one and two right. for the Prince of Props on the season. Right. You you, are, you remain at minus thirteen fifty. A lot of pressure on uh, that young man. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm actually going to see him next next week. I'm going to Virginia for Christmas, and I'm going to see him next Thursday night for San Francisco, Tennessee. So I'm sure he's going to have a play on that game. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to shelve him for this weekend, get him to prepare yeah. for next week. Uh, th- this is a tough week. It's it's uh, you know we were talking about it earlier on the show, but it's it's really hard to to pick a game right now. This it's Thursday morning as we record this. Who the hell knows what's going to happen with the COVID stuff here in the next 72 hours? I have no idea. I don't think anybody does. But if you ask me, uh, I, I think that the Indianapolis Colts are going to win on Saturday. I think that New England has been winning due to a, uh, an easier schedule. And I, I, I like the Colts a little bit. I'm, I'm surprised to see the number move to where, it was, where it's moved. Because we opened it at Pickham because we knew the public was all going to bet the, the Patriots anyway. But uh, I, I'm not. I wouldn't really be in a rush to, to bet anything right now. But you're going to make me make a pick here for the bonanza. We got oh, all yeah. these babies. We're we're, we're you know, dogs Puppies, and babies yeah. and all. Yeah. So we got to pick something, right? Uh, but I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll take the Colts for for one k. But I don't feel great about it because I mean, by the time this thing hits the air, they could have four players out with COVID. Right. 
All right, you're up against the clock. I already touched on the Saints. I'm going to take them plus, uh, let's see, what's the best number out there? 11. So we'll take it plus mm-hmm. 11. I'm only going to go dime two. I don't love it. Like you said, real limited. If Taysom Hill was that great, he would have been in instead of Trevor Simeon. So I, I know sure. Peyton loves him, but he's not that good as we saw in that, that Thursday night game against the Cowboys. Really limited when facing a solid defense. The Jets, not so much. So I'll do a dime, maybe come off the bench, but you know, I'm chipping away here. Chipping away, playing the long game. We got the Super Bowl. <laughs> so a, lot, a, lot, a couple months left. Uh, so we're, we're okay, about a month and a half. But uh, Murray, you got to take long, off. Uh... Long, long weekend, man. I mean, how long is this season? God, we still got four regular season weeks. Right. Uh, it's been a it's been a long year, but yeah, I gotta I gotta run to a to a couple of meetings here. But I will talk to you uh, next week. We got to figure out when we're going to record next week. Oh yeah, we'll figure um, it out. All right, bud. This has been Baby Bankroll Bonanza. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Daily Wager Extra. And don't forget, we have the bonus version on Friday with Anita and Tyler. And then Joe, myself, Tyler, Aaron, all of us uh, contribute to the weekday podcast. That's 10 minutes. So we've had some nice basketball winners the last couple of days. And they got there with the Grizzlies last night against the Blazers. But uh, that's in and out every day, every weekday, I should say. And then we have Sunday night as well with McKenzie, ESPN researcher extraordinaire. Sometimes we tape that on Monday mornings. But... That's sort of the slate. Uh, Thanks to everyone for downloading, rating, reviewing, all that good stuff. It's been a fun season, and let's keep it rolling.